sub squad and welcome back to another episode of the self-love squad sessions with me kelly if you're new here welcome to the family welcome to the squad like i said my name is kelly and this is the podcast extension of my instagram page the self-love squad that's at the underscore self underscore love underscore squad which is a safe space for anyone on a self-love journey On this podcast, I share my feelings and musings as a fat, black, bisexual woman learning what it means to love herself. Now, as I am an adult, this is an adult podcast, and I will at times use adult language or talk about adult topics, so please use headphones if you're at work or around small children. So, without further ado, let's just jump right into this week's episode. up squad and welcome back to another episode i hope that your 2023 is going off to a good start as we enter q2 um and i am all about having yearly goals but having quarterly quarterly goals as well because for so many of us i think that you know the new year hits and we make these goals like oh i'm gonna like lose 100 pounds or i'm gonna you know get a new job or whatever the case may be and then like June hits, like the middle of the of the year hits, and we realize we haven't actually done anything towards these goals, right? And so I've talked about this before, but making sure your goals are smart goals, you know, that you have time limits on them, that you're taking small steps day by day or week by week or month by month to work to, towards those things. And so that's pretty much what I've been doing. I've been making, um, I made a vision board on my Pinterest of like just what I want for my life and the next couple years and then every quarter so every three months I make a vision board like phone wallpaper and computer wallpaper and I put it on everything my work computer my home computer my phones like everything um for the quarter so I just you know it's April April 1st I just switched switched it out um today and looking at how many things came true and like how many things came true exactly as they were pictured and how so many things came true in a different way like I had one picture where it was like a bunch of black girls like hugging and hanging out and doing like spiritual friendship stuff and then now I have like the spiritual friend group but like only two of us are black and not all of us are women and like you know but I still have my little friend pod or like um you know I started going back to therapy um I started you know just really taking care of myself I did hit 11 months sober during first quarter uh so I'm you know I'm doing well and if you're new here hi my name is Kelly this is the self-love squad it's a safe space for anyone on a self-love journey I share my musings as a fat black bisexual uh person in recovery just learning what it means to love herself and sharing that on the internet and um I you know sometimes I feel like I get not arrogant but like a little like hoity-toity about the fact that I'm not actually a content creator even though I do create content so I can take months off like you know I said at the end of last year I wasn't sure if the podcast was going to make it into the new year and technically it's not I mean I'm recording this who knows if it'll even go up um but I just noticed like 
you know, the whole podcast started because I would have these moments where I was ranting to myself in my bathroom like a crazy person, just talking, having full-blown monologues. And one day I was like, I should just record these and put them online and see who resonates. Um, because like minds, like, like minds. So that's where we're at today. I was talking to myself again and I was like, oh bitch, we should, we should record these thoughts. So this might make it to the web. This might not make it to the web. Don't get excited if it does make it to the left. It doesn't mean I'm back every other week like I used to be, but um, it's just it's good to see you. It's good to talk to you. I hope that you're doing well. Sending peace, love, and blessings to you and yours. And let's just kick it. Let's just kick it. Uh, let's talk about our beverages. So for me here, uh, I am sober. I will be a year sober in two weeks, which is super exciting. And so today I have, you know, the true bisexual urge to have more than one beverage at all times. I always have my water, period, because we love a hydrated queen. Um, But I also have my monster, my energy drink. I need to cut back on the caffeine. Um, I realize that part of my caffeine issue or use is that I'm not getting enough sleep, which is something that I'm working on this quarter is working on my insomnia. I've, I've had horrible insomnia for almost two years now. Um, like to the point where I can't go to sleep at all sometimes if I'm not medicated, um, which is part of the reason why I'm not really working out all the time is because like I can't get enough sleep or I, I want to go to the gym at 5 a.m., which is when I would need to go, but then like I don't go to bed till 1 a.m., right? And so then my, my workouts aren't effective, so I'm taking caffeine and like you can hurt yourself that way anyway. So that's just where I'm at, you know, right now. I have my monster in my water in my sippy cup. I love a good straw moment. And I just finished eating breakfast. I had like a frozen burrito that my ex left. Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about that because I've been getting some comments and DMs being like, what do you mean your ex just moved out? So overview, synopsis, because I know he listens to this. If you're listening to this, you're a bitch. Um... And fuck you and the click you came, okay? Um, but basically, we I officially broke up with him at New Year's. And I was like, you know, you're not meeting my needs. You're not stepping up to the plate. Like, what the fuck? But I didn't cut him off. And so, like, that is something I seriously struggled with in this relationship. Was, like, there were clear moments where God was like, walk away. And I was like, no, but I don't want to be alone he's all I have, you know, like, my other friendships were kind of crumbling, I wasn't really making the connections I wanted to, like, in sobriety, like, you know, I just didn't want to be alone, and so then, like, it kept happening, where, like, you know, he called me his ex's name, and then gaslit me, like, you know, the intimacy in our relationship faded out, we were even having sex, and it's like, if you're not going to give me an orgasm, the fuck are you doing, like, what is your purpose in life, right, so, like, and it's not like he's celibate. He just, like, didn't want to have sex. And I was like, oh, okay, like, this is not cute. So, you know, like, things kept happening. And it kept, I kept feeling like the universe was like, Kellos, walk away. Walk a fucking way. And I kept being like, no, like, you love him. Like, oh, my God. Like, I want to leave. And God's like, all right, bitch, keep suffering. And so finally, like, the universe shows up for us when we can't show up for ourselves. But if, it, if the universe has tried to get you to show up for yourself and you don't, three strikes are out, bitch. Three strikes are out. And so, like, 
instead of me leaving him, he left me. My ex and I got into a fight like a month ago and or like three weeks ago and um, he moved out. And he that's another thing. I was still letting him stay with me and I was still helping him and he, you know, was still here and it just was like we were playing house and it just it was just so degrading to myself because none of my needs were getting met from this relationship. Not even my social needs at this point were getting met um, because, you know, we would always get into arguments and stuff. So, like, it wasn't serving any purpose to me. It wasn't serving any purpose. And I feel like there's a part of me that felt guilty because, um, you know, when I was unemployed for a little bit in last August... He was like, that's like right when I first met him and he like paid my rent and, you know, I all talked about kind of how that went down about like what happened. And so um, there's a part of me that felt like I owed him, but it was like, I wasn't, there was no reciprocation on the help. And I felt that, you know, I just, it just wasn't healthy. It just wasn't healthy. And so anyway, we got into a fight, he moved out and then... He came back and apologized, and then his life, and I won't tell too much of his business, it's not my place, but his life basically started rapid, rapidly declining after he moved out, and for some reason, I felt that that was my obligation to fix him until this past Monday, well, actually, backtrack, so last Friday, I met an amazing group of people. Some people, some of them I already kind of knew casually from my, like, spiritual community, aesthetic dance community. And, um, like, one of my friends, I posted this on Instagram, had, like, an interpretive dance, like, spiritual uh, performance at the park last Friday. And, like, I went and I ended up, like, connecting and bonding with this beautiful group of souls and just, like... Oh, and, like, one really hot guy, which we'll talk about later. Um, But, like, you know, I just ended up connecting with these beautiful people and realizing that, like, okay, I told God that I didn't want to be alone, right? And now that I live alone again and all that, I have to be more intentional about my peace, more intentional about who I let in my home, but also more more intentional about going out and going out into the world and being social and so I met this group of people, and it was like, my social life just booms. Like, hey, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Y'all want to hang out Friday? Y'all want to hang out Monday? Y'all want to hang out Tuesday? Well, only two of us can hang out. That's fine. The two of us can hang out, like, right? Like, having this, this social community. And I was like, okay, now I'm not alone. And so fast forward to this past Monday, I'm... Um, Waiting for a couple of my friends to show up to my apartment because we're getting ready to go to open mic. That's like our new Monday thing. Like, uh, who is she? She's an arts girly again. She goes to open mics. Um, I don't perform. I might perform some poetry this upcoming week, but we'll see. We'll see. So anyway, <laughs> we're getting ready to go to open mic and my ex texts me. He's like, hey, my phone got cut off. Can you call me? And like, I was like, yeah, you know, okay, cool, whatever. And so I call him, and he just goes off. He's like, you were supposed to call me last night after your friends left. Like, you think you're too good for me now because you had friends? I was like, first of all, I've always had friends. I just haven't been in the mental space to engage with them. So that's that. So let's just call that what it is. Let's call that what it fucking is. You're the one without community. I've got community, bitch. I've always had community. 
and this is the same person who would get mad when I would go to go to parties or the club with my friends without him or we get jealous when I went to like my aesthetic dance because he didn't want to come like I've had community I've had community I've had friends I just haven't been a partic- an active participant in those communities so mm, check yourself while you wreck yourself but then also I was like but also my friends were over last night and they didn't leave till like one or two in the morning and I wasn't gonna call you that late like I didn't think it was appropriate I have manners like I just wasn't gonna call you that late and he like wasn't trying to hear it he was like going off on me and then something inside of me like just snapped like you know when people are like my patience is thin well my patience is thin and that bitch broke and I just and it came from such a loving place but I absolutely went off I was just like you're not going to continue to treat me this way you're not going to continue to talk to me this way I have loved you I have supported you even when I didn't need to because you left me you ended things with me. Whatever happens to you, file con Dios and serve the Lord like you're on your own, bitch. Like, I have been beyond, I've done beyond my duty. But the fact that I don't call you one time, you think that you can, like, step to me like that? Like, bitch, bye. So I block his ass. So, you know, I've been taking this, this last week to take care of myself and, um, you know, really just practice self-care and and self-love in, in its entirety and embrace this new this new single season. So we're entering Q2 fully fr- refreshed, fully renewed, fully a single. Can't wait to be outside, pussy popping on a handstand on somebody's son, daughter, or non-binary baby as long as they're over the age of 25 because I am 31. In fact, today's my half birthday, so six more months and I'll be 20, I'll be 32. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to catch y'all up and that's pretty much what's been going on. So I was watching some uh, Instagram reels and I came across this video and this guy was getting all this praise because he's going out of town for like six days and it's like all the things he does to prep for his absence so that his wife doesn't feel overwhelmed and like how he plans to help her practice self-care when he gets back. And all the comments were like, oh my God, yes, like this is what we need to see more of, fathers, you know, and husbands stepping up, yada, 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 yada. And it made me realize or or really think about how much, how many times and how many situations we will praise someone who is a part of the community that quote unquote causes harm that speaks up versus people from the oppressed group that speak up. So like examples of this would be right in this case, we don't listen to the women that talk about how men are not emotionally in tuned, how men who get married just become like man babies and, you know, weaponized incompetence. But we will listen to men that talk about how they try to practice being good husbands and so on and so forth. Or in racial circles, you know, or, or in racial issues, like race issues, we won't listen to the people of color that are speaking out about how they're impressed in the workplace and in corporate America and yada, yada, yada. But we'll listen to white people who uh, speak out against racism, systematic racism, and so on and so forth, right? And, like, we won't listen to women talking about misogyny, but we'll listen to men talking about how they actively work against the patriarchy. 
And I started getting a little bitter and trying to figure out like why this is. Why don't we listen to the communities that are being harmed? And I think it's simply because the people that we're trying to reach already don't value us, right? So in this instance, if you have a society that ignores the invisible work that women and, and, you know, stay-at-home moms and even working moms do in the workplace, a society and a culture that has expected, I mean, that has gone from expecting women to fully be, um, you know, stay-at-home wives to we expect you to still do the things that stay-at-home wives used to do, but now we also expect you to pay 50-50 of the bills and look good and do all this because if you don't do that, then you're a bad wife and you deserve to get cheated on. But also if you don't work, you're a gold digger and so on and so forth, right? Like we already are coming from a society that does that. So the people that we're trying to reach, the audience that we want to hear our plea, to hear our plight and change their actions already doesn't respect us right like that's why we're in this situation in the first place and that works for racial standpoints too the people that we hope uh can be changed by what we're saying are racist people right so they already don't value us because we're black or because we're poc or men that don't value us because we're women so on and so forth so as unfortunate as it is having people from within those communities having men having white people speak out or amplify our voices it, they have a sense of credibility that we'll never have within the communities we're trying to affect it becomes an issue not when they're uh you know sharing information and helping us make change the issue comes when they take credit for it uh during you know covid and the height of like black lives matter i saw a lot of black content creators uh posting about how like white content creators that were in the like social justice space they wouldn't amplify black voices like they wouldn't use their platform some did of course but specifically you know there'd be white content creators who would not use their platform to amplify uh social justice uh, educators or racial educators or whatever you want to call it who are black or who are of color like they wouldn't amplify those voices they would simply remake their content and some of them would literally remake it to such a disrespectful point that it would be like, okay, you literally just copied my video, you know, word for word, frame for frame, versus like you took an idea or you made similar content. And that's a problem because now you are just as bad as the people we're speaking out again. Because now instead of having one enemy or one uh, pain point, now we have two. Now we have the people that we know don't like us. The men that think women aren't shit, deserve to be, you know, seen but not heard. The men that think that childcare is fully, um, you know, a woman's responsibility. But now we also have the men that think they're helpful but are profiting off the pain of women. Like, you're not helping raise the voices of women who have been speaking up this for years. You're not, you know, actively raising the voices of, of, of black people who have been speaking out against racial injustice. You're just centering, centering yourself in conversations that actually don't have to do with you and actually aren't about you. And so you are not, you are no longer a part of the solution. But the problem is those people truly believe they are part of the solution. And that's why you get conversations like I've seen all the time with well-meaning white people or well-meaning men who like, I'm a feminist. I, I believe, you know, black lives matter. But then it's like, um, when you call them out, it's strictly defensive because the conversation is not about them. And I think 
what people have to understand is when when you're so used to everything centering you, true equality does feel like oppression. Um, I, you know, had an instance where uh, I was at an event and a white guy said the N-word and like one of the people that I was with, one of the white people I was with, tried to go up on stage and like give this like heartfelt, well-meaning speech about like, you know, how black people were welcomed in this space and like that they were valued and I mean she got shut down by management like it didn't even happen but that's what she told me she wanted to say and in my mind I was like what makes you think that that's that's needed right like what makes you think that that's what you need to do in a space that was already mostly black like this is not about you and like I guess being shut down upset her and she ended up leaving and it's like okay we can be embarrassed we can have our feelings hurt but there's bigger issues at hand. And so, like, I'll give an example that I've done, right? Because I'm not perfect. I don't come on here and say things acting like, you know, my shit doesn't stink. I have IBS. My shit definitely stinks, okay? So, you know, I am a cis woman. Queer, yes, but cis. And so when these recent trans laws started being passed, I, you know, was speaking up um, about it online and... Someone that, like, a mutual of mine reached out to me and was like, hey, I really think you're centering yourself in these conversations because you're talking about, like, how it affects you or how it affects the LGBT community, but we're not talking about how it directly affects trans people right now. And so, for context, my position, or rather my, the conversations that I was starting about these anti-trans laws were basically like, First, they come for trans people, then they come for the rest of the queer community, then they come for black women, you know, black people, then they come, blah, 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 right? Basically explaining how, like, if you don't care, like, if you don't notice that this is, like, the first sign of, you know, fascism, then you're missing the fucking point. And basically, my friend was like, that's well and dandy, but how many of those communities are you a part of, Right? Like, you're not a part of the people that are being targeted right now, but you're a part of the people that will be affected later. So instead of having conversations about the current ramifications of these bills, right, the trans kids that will kill themselves when they can't get proper care, or the families that will be ripped apart if these trans laws that allow uh, government officials to take kids, trans kids from their families if they support them, like, she's like, you're not talking about that. You're not actually talking about the bills. Instead, you're talking about how the bills will affect you. You're talking about how the bills that are, like, strictly anti-trans will affect you as a cis woman. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I'm doing the thing, right? Like, I'm centering myself in a conversation that's not about me. Yes, obviously, I'm human, and I'm part of the queer community, and those are my people, and period. I'm going to ride for them. Like, we, we, we ride at dawn, bitch, in my SUV. But it's not about me, right? And so I sat down and I like took a breath. I took a breath because I was obviously I was embarrassed. And for me, embarrassment often leads to like, I guess not egotism, but like this kind of hurt narcissism I sometimes get where it's like my feelings are hurt or hurt. So now I have to be a complete and total bitch to offset the fact that I'm embarrassed. So, like, I've really been working on that with my therapist. So I, like, sat down, took some deep breaths, and then I went back and 
like texted her and was like hey you know I'm really sorry I hope I haven't caused any harm would you like do you have the emotional bandwidth to have a conversation about this because um you know I I'm not sure like like I thought I was being helpful and obviously I'm not and like I trust you I trust your opinion um you know and you're a part of the community right so like who would I not be like who would I be to, like who, who would I be to not trust your opinion right but then like what like what can I do then if what I'm doing is not helpful what can I do that is helpful in this moment and if you don't have the bandwidth to explain that to me that's fine I can try to do some more research on my own which is another thing if you are called out for honestly making a mistake please don't expect the people of that hurt community to do free emotional and mental labor for you. It's okay to ask. It's okay to ask them if they wouldn't mind, but don't expect it. Don't expect that they have the bandwidth to give you a Harvard education on critical race theory or on trans rights or on women's rights, like for free, you know, like for free. So I asked if she had the bandwidth. She's so sweet. She was like, yeah, I do. Like, let's talk about it. So we talked for like an hour on the phone and she just explained how like right now money really is power and to donate where I can and to repost um, from, you know, LGBT or trans specific accounts and use what little platform I have to talk about it and just be supportive and reach out to those in the community who I'm friends with. So, you know, I've really been doing that. I've been putting my money literally where my mouth is. And so I think... For me, in this time, in this day and age where we're in, it's okay to constantly be growing, to constantly be changing, to constantly be changing your opinions on things, and to have that be a part of your growth. Like, that's why I really don't believe in cancel culture. I'm sorry. I know I, like, say, oh, let's cancel them or let's boycott. But there's a difference between no longer supporting someone because of their actions and then like their current actions like say you find out you know oh my favorite rapper beat his girlfriend up this past weekend I'm no longer from this point forward supporting his music period versus I found out like back when he was in high school he beat up his girlfriend and he one is not hiding it he two has like done the work and there's been no there's been no sign that he has done that since you have a choice right personally I probably wouldn't support them but it's a lot different than some people whose names I will not mention who maybe were um complicit of domestic violence in their younger years yet have continued to participate in violence against women and people act like oh they were young just forget it nah that person has not learned their fucking lesson and I will not support them or you know some people who have um had a history of grooming young girls it's it's not like like, people can change I guess is what I'm trying to say like those were extreme examples but like people can change and I've done things that I'm not proud of in my past and if I ever got famous and someone tried to like bring them to light I would own up to them and if people didn't want to support me because of what I've done I respect that right like oh Kelly you know was a bitch in college to one person and they came out cool it's not cool that I did it but cool that you don't want to support me I respect you 
like much love but people change and I think social media has made it so hard to want to change because people judge you like if you make if you have an opinion on something and you find out you're wrong people are always going to remind you that you had quote-unquote the wrong opinion before maybe you just didn't know better maybe that's how you were raised people who were raised in racist households and then decide they don't want to be bigots anymore like we have to give them grace that's how they were raised and that's a huge thing to overcome that I mean like I wouldn't want someone to hold that against me like I'll give you an example I grew up in extremely um conservative Christian household and so we were very homophobic now the gag was my sister and I are both queer so we personally weren't gay but I'm sure I'm sure that I participated in like um you know conversations that were not nice to the LGBTQ you know alphabet mafia community and so now as an adult I am obviously on the complete opposite I am very outspoken about my support of communities that differ from myself. The only community I don't support are the people that get spiders as pets. I don't understand you. I don't want to understand you. You need help. Why do you like spiders? Why do you get them tattooed on your body? Why do you have them as pets? Kill them all. That's the only community in this world, that and bigots, that I will never support. I don't care if you are gay. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're Jewish. I don't care if you're whatever. I don't care if you don't like K-pop. I don't care if you do like K-pop. But if you like spiders, I can't fuck with you. I can't support your lifestyle. That's it. Like, can't support you at all. Alright y'all, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can catch me after the episode where the fun and magic really happen on Instagram at the self love squad. That's at the underscore self underscore love underscore squad. Alright, I'll see you next time. Love you. Bye.